Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're studying the book of Ruth. And in Ruth chapter three, we see Boaz give Ruth six measures of barley. This is depicted in Luke's gospel, wherein we have this picture of how we get back what we have given to others. When we give, what we the way that we give will be given back to us. The measure that we use upon others will be used upon us. This comes right on the heels of one of the most popular verses in the Bible for a wrong reason. <laughs> Don't judge, right? Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Huge potent verse. That's the immediate pericope for this calling to give and it will be given to you a good measure. All right, this, this picture of Boaz giving Ruth six measures of barley into her shawl, it's, it's a foreshadowing of this kind of teaching right here. The reason that the text tells us not to judge so that we will not be judged is because if we are guilty of the very things that we're calling out in our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're guilty of hypocrisy. And if we call out others for something for which we are guilty ourselves, we will be called out ourselves. If we lack mercy in the way that we deal with one another, we will not be shown mercy. James chapter 2 verse 13 reads, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's James chapter 2 verse 13. So if you deny other people mercy, mercy will be denied you. If you are generous in how you show mercy, mercy will be shown to you. This is a beautiful act of the grace of God. It pertains to our relationships with one another. All of the Sermon on the Mount, this is critical, all of the Sermon on the Mount is given in stark contrast to the self-righteousness of the Pharisees. It's not, uh, it's not an abdication as, uh, who was it? Was it Tolstoy or was it Tolstoyevsky? I can't remember which one. Uh, thought that this call to not judge one another was Jesus calling for some sort of anarchist system. <laughs> no, he's not doing away with all judgment forevermore. In fact, we see, uh, we, we see Jesus even, you know, stand before Pontius Pilate and allow Pontius Pilate to pronounce uh, this sentence over him. Like, we, know that, um, we know that this is an interaction between two believers, and it's all done in stark contrast to the Pharisees. Don't judge, for the measure that you use will be measured against you, right? Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Don't condemn, so that you won't be condemned. Do not judge, then you will not be judged. The Pharisees were so harshly condemning that this stood in a radical opposition to what they called out. In our context today, think on, for example, the you know modern-day Islamic jihadist who, while he is committing mass atrocities, prides himself on the fact that he never looks at pornography. Right? Like he's committing murder, but at least he does not look at pornography. Like the self-righteousness was just really, really striking. The hyper-legalism uh, caused him to be puffed up and then blind to his own terrible sin. That's, that's not too far off from what happens here with the Pharisees. It's radically different. Of course, Islam is a different, fundamentally a different religion. But in this case, in this instant, these Pharisees who pride themselves on their righteousness will go about arranging the sham of a trial that would lead to Jesus being crucified. They're going to plot how they can kill Jesus while priding themselves on how righteous they are. So this uh, this lack of mercy on their part 
um, it doesn't bode well for them according to this teaching. It's not that we abdicate all judgment, okay? It's not that we show a total blind eye when we see one another falling into spiritual pits. In fact, 1 Corinthians, which we studied, go back and look at our, our series on 1 Corinthians, tells us to use judgment with one another. Meaning you don't just sit there while in the example of, of 1 Corinthians, while a man in your church is having an illicit affair that's semi-incestuous. You don't just sit by and nobody brings that up. Somebody say something to the man, all right? But we know that whoever does it needs to make sure that he's not guilty of some similar sin himself, right? When you have your own act together, then you can call someone else to repentance in the same way. Otherwise, you just condemn yourself. If you call out a sin in other people of which you are guilty yourself, you are condemning yourself. But when you show grace, when you show mercy to one another, that same mercy will be shown back to you. Giving, like we talked about yesterday, and like we hopefully exercised yesterday, can be done in a way that is financial, that is practical, that is real, that is tangible, wherein you give someone fungible gifts, right? And you, you can reasonably expect God to do something in return that is in proportionate to, uh, in proportion to what you have given. But in this instance, and in the immediately on the heels of do not judge, we can also see it quite clearly. It's being used as an example to show mercy, right? To encourage the showing of mercy, where you show mercy to others, that same mercy will be shown to you as you give, that will be given back to you. The kindness that you show to others is proportionate to the kindness you can uh, expect to be reciprocated back to you. Note, however, that there's no proviso. There's nothing here that says give and be generous and be mercy unless people have been mean to you. It still says this. We know that those who lack mercy upon you can expect, can expect to forego mercy in their own experiences, but you are accountable to God for how you've treated others. As far as it depends upon you, be at peace with everyone. We'll talk more about that one tomorrow, but for today, right on the heels of do not judge comes the teaching that we saw yesterday, give and it will be given to you. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Would you consider that today you need to show mercy, you need to show grace, you need to show forgiveness to especially a fellow like Christian, a brother or sister in Christ in the context of your church, your small group, your family, somebody needs to be shown grace in your eyes. Would you enact quite directly this teaching from Jesus, which is typified through Boaz in the book of Ruth?